I want me some glory hope. Hello and welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo, Bo Cephas, here we go. College football will be on our TVs this weekend, people. Have you signed Woo! up for that yearly package yet? Have you? Look, I get it. You know, you're a little gun shy from that bookie busting you up in the past and your confidence is shot. No worries. FGH has your back. Just think of that bookie as the hot high school cheerleader who wouldn't give you the time of day and stole all your pride and <laughs> dignity. Both Stevens, you can relate. Signing up with us is yeah. kind of like going to the dermatologist and getting rid of that pizza face. Signing up with us is kind of like spending a year in the gym and building some muscles on your fat ass. And as a bonus, <laughs> Uncle Longhorn is going to give you a handful of Viagra out the door. So you can enter this football season with nothing but confidence when you take out that slut bag cheerleader, get her all kinds of sloshed up, and drill that cheerleader bookie right in the ass. <laughs> All figuratively speaking, of course, both Cephas. And quick legal disclaimer, no means no. We do not need those Me Too movement raging cunts in our inbox. Now, whether you are here <laughs> for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn spiles. You'll be whistling symphony doo out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President. I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballglorial.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. <laughs> we will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional YouTube show in collaboration with 105.3, the fan in Dallas called The Degenerate with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray and against Zana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three, and I set fire to the rain, watch this pour as I touch your face. And coming up next week, 
FGH will be making its highly anticipated debut on the one, the only, DallasCowboys.com. Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast, Bo Cephas, as always. Right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and it is right now, unfortunately, everybody's favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting, cold beer choice of the week. Well, thank you very much, sir. Sir, tonight I am drinking an Adios Pantalones from Rar and Sons <laughs> okay. Brewery. Right there in Fort Worth, Texas. Great brewery. Yeah. Great beer. I rated three out of five stars. Very solid. And it reminds me of the time that we were down in Juarez and Longhorn said adios to his pantalones with what only can be described as a very fit lady with broad shoulders and the cutest Adam's apple you've ever seen. And my only question is when that hairy-chested senorita said adios to her pantalones, what was the conversation like then, buddy? Uh, there was just a whole lot of adios. I'm the fuck out of here because you know once, once, <laughs> once old Longhorn sees sees the Dingleberries, he is fucking split out of town. I, I you look, man. There's only <laughs> Longhorn don't play that gay shit now. So get it straight. Oh my goodness, sir, with the labels. But anyway, we got the podcast going. We got our last two divisions this week, the AFC and the NFC East. We know you've been waiting on this one. We're going to give you the winners, the losers, and the best bets, as always, to get you fucking paid. But right now, we got to get fucking paid. And to do that, here's this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Divorces Done Right. We all know how divorce works in this country. The woman gets everything that she wants and the dude gets taken to the fucking cleaners. It happens every goddamn time and we, as a society, have just grown to accept it like it's fucking scripture. What the fuck are we doing, fellas? It's time for us to wake the fuck up and beat these bitches! So if you got some gold digging whore trying to suck you dry and take your goddamn kids, even though she spends half her day drunk on wine and hopped up on fucking opioids, you need to call our friends at Divorce Is Done Right. The attorneys at Divorce is Done Right have all themselves been victims of their own whore-ass ex-wives, and they've bonded together to make sure that not one other man in this country gets dicked around by this fucking shitty legal system that's been set up to do nothing but support those goddamn succubuses. Divorce is Done Right! Finally! Jesus Christ, Longhorn. Divorce is Done Right sounds like a hell of a service. Now, as a man that's on, I think, about a baker's dozen there, uh, how many times have you used Divorce is Done Right? And how many times have they saved you from, you know, paying that psycho hose beast, uh, you know, X amount of dollars and, uh, you know, taking you for all you fucking got there, buddy? Yeah, um, as your weekly whipping boy and testimonial um, giver of all the <laughs> of all the the fake the fakeness, um, I plead the fifth, and I um, I'm gonna adios my pantalones out of here and just say that. Look, <laughs> Just, just don't, just don't marry him, okay? Just avoid the whole process. Never get married. Solid advice from a man that is on a baker's dozen divorce, <laughs> boys and girls. You're not gonna get that kind of fucking advice anywhere else, baby. <laughs> the next one will surely work. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> 
happening? Say car! What? what do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! Man, oh man, the bells, the bells, the bells. It means it is time for all that winning in the air tonight and Longhorn. We're going to start with the AFC East, and we're going to go with those Buffalo Bills. 13-3 last year, just a stellar year out of them. Over under this year of 11, huge upgrade from Vegas after they blew past the nine wins they had them set last year. Longhorn, tell us all about those Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Buffalo is just one of those organizations, one of those teams that you really like to dig into, and they, they just do everything the right way. Well, railroad organization, um, much like Tennessee, they recognize their needs and they fill it through free agency and the draft. Um, one of their biggest needs was the pass rush. Obviously, it's been their Achilles heel against their AFC rival, um, Kansas City Chiefs. So what did they do? They drafted two defensive ends in the upper rounds uh greg rousseau who i don't know if y'all remember me talking about him in the draft process this is a kid who i mean he's 21 years old out of miami but he talks like his pass rushing <laughs> speaking skills are uh, are someone of a 30 year old vet like i just if you just listen to him he sounds like demarcus ware in his late 30s just talking about pass rushing moves so i love that kid they got boogie basham another kid that i like so They've thrown the darts needed to to try to solidify that pass rush, and they also are getting Star Latulier back. He's a big old giant Tongan in the middle of that defensive line. That should free up Ed Oliver to move to that three-tech spot, which um, he struggled a little bit last year because he had to fill that goal, to fill that role of uh, nose guard that Star had. So this it's like a bunch of compounding factors that's going to lead to a better pass rush for Buffalo and might just get them over that hump. The offensive line, you know, it's not a great offensive line, but it's a it's a solid good enough, you know, best way to put it, offensive line. The biggest question for me and also they brought in Emmanuel Sanders and that's kind of like a one of those, you know, I mean, everywhere he goes, it seems to be that key piece that gets you over the hump to that Super Bowl. So we'll see how that works out with this stellar already stellar um receiving quarter that they have. The question mark that I have is can Josh Allen, who prior to last season had never shown this ability to do what he did last year, can he repeat that performance? Now, if he does, he's put him, he will put himself right into that upper echelon with, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes, who's shown that he can do it over and over. So if he does it again, then forget about it. Buffalo is right there with Kansas City year after year, battling it out to see who goes to the Super Bowl. If he can't, and he takes a step back, which, look, odds are he's going to take a little bit of a step back. You know, like, like that's just that's just the way these things go. Um, but as far as the record goes, I landed them right at 12-5. and five. I've got too much respect for the organization and the way they handle things to do anything less. 
the quarterback is gonna is gonna be a big factor in that. But I I couldn't go any lower off of what I saw last year. And and all the reports are that Josh Allen works his ass off, works hard at his trade. So if I had to guess, it's probably not a fluke. And I expect more of the same this year. What do you got? Yeah, man. Uh, Buffalo is one of those teams. Like they were fifth last year in offensive DVOA. They're twelfth in defense. That's good enough historically to win a Super Bowl. In fact, that's almost like the perfect ratio. Mm. Like uh, they say Cameron Diaz, you know, was back in the day in the mass, like the perfect nah. ratio, the most beautiful woman ever, like Cleopatra type nope. measurements. Uh, whatever. But anyway, they're there. And uh, however, here's my problem with the Bills. They were, And this is the one thing they really got to fix for me. They were 22nd in the run, DVOA. And you right. can't win a Super Bowl being that inefficient running the ball if your quarterback is your leading rusher at the same time. So for him to continue his unreal ascension of the quarterback ranks, he was sixth most valuable last year, quarterback ATS and our power rankings. And he finished third, EPA plus CPOE, which is obviously an elite territory. He cannot be their leading rusher. But overall, like you said, I love the coach. I love the team. I am skeptical if Allen can repeat that success, but I'm not willing to bet against him from a season win total because, again, even if he takes a step back, which you said is more likely than not, and I agree with you, I think with the improvements on defense and if they can find that running game, it'll be a net-net pretty close to zero. Uh, And the bottom line is if Allen throws the ball at that level and they do find some balance in the running game, that's going to project them to the 72% win percentage bracket, and that's 12-5, and five, which is safely over their total, and that sounds about right to me as a 12-5, so I agree with you on and, the Bills. And I don't expect much to change with that running game situation unless unless someone like Zach Moss is going to take a huge step up, which, I mean, that just doesn't happen with running backs. Usually running backs, they hit the ground running. They kind of are what they are from day one for the most part. Nothing's changed on the offensive line. They did draft three offensive linemen, but they were in the third, fifth, and seventh round, So, and none of them are expected to crack that starting lineup. So I don't really expect any changes there. So it's going to be on the shoulders of, of, of 17, again, to carry this load. So we will see if he's up to the challenge. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I don't what like did you that have, at all. You, have they, the, you had 12 and 5 also, is that what you said? Yeah, twelve and five too. I did, they got to find some like he can't be their leading rusher again. Like that's not sustainable. It's just not. Yep, I agree. So I know he's, I know he's a big strong kid, but man, at some point in the NFL, you got to find some sort of efficiency. You don't have to be great at running the ball, but you got to be at least decent at it. He's that's a big dumb animal, isn't he, folks? <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. Those Miami Dolphins, ten and six last year. Over-under of nine wins this year. Step up from expectations last year. However, it's a downgrade overall. Longhorn, I think there is clearly one question Mm -hmm. that our audience wants you to answer right now. Okay. And it's, can you pronounce Tua's last name? Tua Tungava. Tua, cut that. Let's take take two, three, two, one. Three, two, one. Tua Tungavaiola. I think I got it. Hey, he got it. Hey, I'm, look at there. He, he got I'm it. I'm sure right. our editing team will cut out that first part for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want me to go? Yeah, go for it. You yeah, nailed it. This is going to be real quick. I'm going to th- throw it to you real quick because this is, this is my shortest write-up on this entire podcast. And I'll be 
100% honest. There might be a bias here for me on this quarterback because if you remember the podcast two years ago now, or I guess it's a year and a half, whatever it was, I am not a Tua fan. I, I Coming out of college, I, I said he was slow, dumb, which which was not reported, but it's true, and there's various reasons why it wasn't reported. No, that was reported. Uh, that, that but was it was reported. it was soft pedaled. It was very like uh, you know. I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't it wasn't hit as hard as it should have been. But also, he's unathletic, and also he was coming off a major injury. The one solid thing that he had in his favor was yes, he's a very accurate quarterback, and that that means a lot because accuracy is is a is at, at the top of the list for quarterbacks. But there's too many too many checks against him. So, with that said, because I have a bias against this quarterback, probably, uh, there's nothing I can say. The the roster is solid. The coach is awesome. Um, It all comes down to the quarterback for me. And if he can continue to win games ugly, or if he can take a huge step up in this second season, then I will be massively wrong on this team. However, I'm expecting... A lot of the same, and I actually have their record at eight and nine. I'm I'm probably down on Miami more than most people, um, but again, there's nothing to not like. They 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 nailed the draft last year with Robert Hunt and all, all, just on the offensive line, Robert Hunt, Solomon Kinley, and Austin Jackson, a first, third, and fourth round draft pick, and then they backed it up this year with Liam Eikenberg at Notre Dame in the second round. Uh, you know, there's nothing. <laughs> There's nothing to not like, but I just don't like the quarterback, so I am going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with my eight and nine. I'm curious to hear what you have to say on them. Well, uh, this one to me is kind of simple. I love the coach. He's my favorite young coach in the NFL. I think he's the best young coach in the NFL. I love the direction of the team, like you said. But the bottom line is, just like you said, it's a quarterback, and they downgraded him. Uh, Fitz was worth three more points ATS than two of last year. That's almost two yeah. whole wins. And if you think that's nuts, Fitzgerald would or Fitzpatrick, sorry, would have finished seventh <laughs> in the league at EPA plus CPOE if you lowered the minimum snaps to three hundred. If you lowered same lowered minimum, so three hundred, two finished thirtieth, right behind Ooh. Nick Kiss My McMullins. Wow. So two was well below average by any standards at all. And don't forget that Flores actually brought Fitzpatrick back in to win two games in the fourth <laughs> quarter of games that Tua started. Bring in Vaughn. So, yeah, bring, just forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. That's what Flores was saying on the fucking sideline. Uh-huh. So now, because I do love the coach this much, and I know, I, and I, I don't know this for a fact, but in my heart of football hearts, I know this for a fact. He fucking hates Tua. He fucking hates Ooh, him. Okay. Didn't he never wanted okay. to play him? And that's the reason why he brought back in Fitzpatrick to win those games, just to show ownership. Like, yeah, okay, you can tell me to start him, but guess what? I, I get paid to win football games. So now I'm gonna put the guy in that can actually fucking play okay. and go win us two fucking games. Okay. So because so, I love Flores so much, and because Tua is another year removed from that injury, I'm not gonna downgrade them as severely as the numbers tell me to do. However, I can't keep them at the same level. That's irresponsible. So I think they fall to the 53% win percentage bracket in our power rankings. 
That's nine wins on a 17-game schedule, so I've got them at nine and eight. Nine so obviously a eight. step back, just not quite as big a step back as you've got them. That's yeah, pretty close, though, but let me let me ask you real quick before we move on to the next team. How do, Can you even tell me who the backup quarterback is for Tua? Josh Rosen. Oh, that was so no? close, but also so horrible at the same time. It is actually Jacoby Brissett. How do you feel about the odds of Mr. Brissett? He starts literally every year. Somehow, some way, that dude finds his way into starting games in this NFL season. In an NFL season, so would it shock me that if Tua struggles, you see a little Jacoby Brissett for like the 18th year in a row in a in a fill-in row? Not at all. Yeah, maybe he's the closer this year. Who knows? Maybe. All right, going to move on to uh, Mr. Brissett's previous team. Yeah, I think the team that drafted him, actually, the New England Patriots. They were 7-9 and nine last year. Holy shit. They went from the best team in the NFL to a losing record. What changed there? Let me. Think. Oh, well, that's right. Swami Boy left, and all of a sudden, Belichick's not such a genius. Or maybe he mm. is, because he won seven well. games with Cam Newton, but we'll get to that in a second. But I will say, another one of our best bets last year, Longhorn, that won on the under. They were at 9.5. That was an easy fucking under. This year, their over is 9. So Vegas is expecting an upgrade from what their wins were, but a downgrade from their expectations last year pretty severely. So, Longhorn, what do you got on Cam and Bill year two? Did you say their over-under is 9? Their over-under currently is 9. Oh, okay. Well, I will take that. Um, yeah, listen, and that was a good call by you last year taking the under. I, I kind of pushed back on that a little bit, and you were clearly right. No, I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. Push- I was wrong. Nine, nine and a half. Sorry. Nine, nine and, and a half. half. Okay, bad. that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Um, but again, last year you were right. I pushed back a little bit, so good call by you. Um, again, I'm going to have to push. Well, actually, I don't know your stance, so I don't know if it's pushing back, but I'm going to be – pushing to the over a little bit on this team again for several reasons. Number one, top three offensive line in the game. No matter how you slice and dice it, them, Cleveland, San Francisco, like these are the best offensive lines in the game. You have a great tight end room. They brought in, they brought in um, uh, Henry Hunter, Hunter Henry, sorry, backwards, and uh, Jonu Smith. Yep. They... They had they're deep at running back. They they even drafted a guy who's going to come in and get some playing time. Uh, the defense is poised for a big bounce back with the with the return of all the op outs they had and and big time free agent additions. Jalen Mills, Matt Judon, Kyle Van Noy. They drafted Christian Barmore, who's going to s- sit in the middle of that defensive line and just cause havoc. And a, and a third round player out of Oklahoma, I believe, Ronnie Perkins. He's going to add to that pass rush that they have, and they've got players that they've drafted in the past, like, um, oh, your boy uh, from Michigan with the, with the wavy hair. What's his name? Um, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, yeah. Winovich. Chase Winovich. Yeah, Winovich. They got Josh Uche out of Michigan. They've got they've got so many weapons in the cupboard on this on these defense that they are just locked and loaded and ready to go. So, like you said, they won seven games 
with a quarterback last year who four times didn't even hit 100 yards in the NFL in (laughs) 2021, the year of our Lord, 2021. He did not hit 100 yards four times. And this fucking team Well, 2020. It's sorry, you're right. I don't want to squeeze a year out. The year of our Lord, 2020. Let's let's be fair. Don't treat don't cheat Jesus out of a year. All right. <laughs> I apologize, Lord, for for my for my being a year no, off. This is what you're apologizing for. <laughs> and and my twelve failed marriages. I have failed you <laughs> tremendously. <laughs> Anyways, I I, th- I think Belichick. That was one of his best coaching years of all time, of all the Super Bowls. What he did last year was phenomenal to me. I have them going 10-7 and seven and going over that mark. It's just, my God. I, I, oh, I haven't even touched on the quarterback situation. I'll let you do that. Clearly, Mac Jones is probably going to be the starter. And real quick, I wanted to just um, – this, this, is, this is not mine. I did not do this research, but it's going, been going the round, making the rounds. 30 years ago, Bill Belichick wrote, Every position, kind of what he looks for in each position. And on quarterback, this is what he wrote 30 years ago. I'll just just kind of a brief uh, just summary of what he said. Makes good decisions. Arm size, toughness, leadership, competitive, accuracy over cannon. Um, so the bottom line was decision-making, timing, and accuracy was the main thing he wanted from, from his quarterback. Does that not sound more like Matt Jones than it does cam newton to me or to you like this i think he's got exactly what he wants in in mac jones mac and cheese so i've got them 10 and 7 both sevas what do you got well first of all i just want to thank you for finally pronouncing his name correctly it is mac and cheese um it's not matt jones or whoever that part that sounds like somebody that works at the fucking shell station at the corner i always say mac so i got i'm just gonna say mac and cheese from now on there you go so, I think they had the great offensive line last year, right? Like, not much has changed there? Nope. Yeah, so they finished 23rd in, in offensive DVOA, in spite being 8th best in rushing. And that's because they finished 26th in passing. Right. And the bottom line is Cam's not a good NFL quarterback anymore. He no. finished 24th in EPA plus CPOE, just five one-thousandths of a point ahead of Andy Dalton, and well behind Mr. Dumbface Trubisky. Mm. In fact, the last time that Cam was even above average in EPA plus CPOE was 2015. So that's six years removed, and that was his MVP year. And in fact, he's only been above average in those stats four out of his ten years as a starter. 2011, 12, 13, and 2015. And in none of those where he finished above average, did he ever crack the top five? Ninth was his bestie guy. That was his MVP season. So the majority of his career, he has been a below average quarterback, which means boys and girls, you know, in spite of, you know, popular narratives, he is a complete bust as a number one overall pick. <laughs> Sorry. That's just the way it fucking goes okay. when you're below average for 60% of your fucking career. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that trending up. Call me crazy. So the real question is when, if at all, Mac and Cheese does get in, which I think he does get in eventually. And right now, you know, Cam's still the favorite in Vegas to start. 
But even if mac and cheese does get in, rookie quarterbacks are not historically successful. So I'm going to give Bill one more year of the benefit of the doubt, which I gave him the benefit of the doubt last year. I think I actually called 7-9 last year, and I thought that was really giving him the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to upgrade them as much as possible, even to the to the ends that the numbers will let me, and that has them going 8-9 and nine, and under again. And honestly, I think I'm being generous at 8-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. It could even be worse than that. I just don't see it, man. I really don't see it. And without Swami Boy, don't forget, boys and girls, Bill Belichick is a sub-500 coach for his entire NFL career. All right. All right, moving on to those New York J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets! 2-14 last year, just another stellar year there in the Meadowlands. Uh, Vegas is expecting better this year. But the interesting thing is, they are expecting worse than they did to start 2020. So their over-under actually falls from 6.5 to 6. So Longhorn, let's talk about the newest, hottest mom in the NFL right now. (laughs) No, let's not talk about her. Let's talk about the football team. She's got uh, great cans. I mean, we're not talking about her. Well, I mean, I'm sure we can. And she uh, refuses to get off Instagram, and you know why? Because she says you're just a hater if you want her to get off Instagram. She's not putting any pressure on her son, and she's going to keep shaking her big tits for as long as she fucking wants to. And I say, woman, God bless you. Do not put those cans away. Hmm. Fucking bring that shit strong, baby. Well, this might be a surprise to some and not to others, but I literally have no idea what this chick looks like. I feel like I'm missing out now. <laughs> but, I, mean, I I mean, I will stick to the football, and, you know, maybe I should factor in her big, beautiful tits at some point, but as of right now, I'm going to leave it out. I mean, they're worth worth at least half a point a game. Oof. Well, that ain't going to help this team much, to be quite honest with you. So let's get into (laughs) that. Let's get in here to this team. This is obviously a team in a complete rebuild. Um, I cannot believe you just said that the over-under is what? Uh, six. That is obscene. They are clearly factoring in those cans way too much. Um, <laughs> look, th- this team. This team. I will say this before I before I say all the bad stuff. Let me just say that I do love the direction that this team is headed. Eventually, they are clearly two or three years away from any kind of significant playoff um, hopes, but. With that said, I do like the build. Kind of a fan of the coach, but we'll see how that how that plays out. Um, they got dealt a bad, bad blow with the news of um, oh, what's the defensive end's name? Um, my God, from Cincinnati, the free agent, pass rusher. Oh shit! Uh, Whatever. He blew out his yeah, Carl, Carl 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 Lawson. Lawson? Yeah. Yeah, he, that bad break, but honestly, is it? Because they're not expected to do much, and having a better draft pick isn't the worst thing in the world. This is a horrible, horrible secondary, and they did not address it. Their highest draft pick in the secondary that they spent this year was a fifth rounder. So they didn't address a one of the worst secondaries in the league last year at all. So they're rolling with that. Um, but on the offensive line, I like what they're doing. Makai Becton last year. Farrah Tucker this year, that's a good left side, although I did hear that Becton brought his fat ass into camp about 30 pounds overweight. 
That's not good. Um, on the outside, they brought in Corey Davis from Tennessee. They brought it. They drafted Elijah Moore in the second round. So again, these are building block foundation pieces that can help you as you start to get better. But this team is so far uh, from that. And and if they don't continue it, continue this build, they're going to go complete Jets and just be a failure like always. Um, I will say that it is kind of ironic that Darnold, uh, when he was with the Jets, had had no protection, no offensive line, and at least now with a new quarterback, they're starting to try to put some first-round investments into that offensive line. So it's a little bit of irony there. Um, but I have I have this team going 4-13. and 13. I don't like what I'm seeing on paper at all from this team. And, again, it's a rookie quarterback. He's going to be thrown to the Wolves in a tough tough division with a lot of good teams a lot of good coaches so yeah four and 13 this this is a that, that's that's best case scenario for me Bocephus what do you got yeah so this is probably the best coach division in all of football uh, this is my shortest ride up the kids look good in preseason but it's going to be rough for them for him this year mm-hmm. however the new the numbers do have them upgraded and if the kid can just be Teddy Two Gloves level when that's exactly average that would be a two-win upgrade from Darnold, and given the extra game and some optimism, I'm going to set the Kool-Aid a little bit and have them at 5-12 and 12 and completely irrelevant, but hopefully at least fucking entertaining to watch, which would be a huge step up for the fucking Jets. No shit. All right, AFC East recap. I've got the Bills winning the division 12-5, and five, Miami coming in 9-8, and eight, the Patriots 8-9, and, and those lowly Jets better, but 5-12. and 12. And I have Buffalo at the top at 12 and 5, New England behind them at 10 and 7, Miami at a disappointing 8 and 9, and of course those Jets bringing up the rear 4 and 13. All right, boys and girls, we're going to move on from the AFC East and the mom that can me to me all night long, baby, to the NFC East and those <laughs> Dallas Cowboys! Super Bowl champs last year, obviously, in spite of a 6-10 record. Don't worry about that. They did win it, and I'm pretty sure. Over under this year of 9.5, which is the exact same as last year. So obviously Vegas, ugh, obviously Vegas is thinks a huge upgrade with Dak as far as record-wise, but it's actually a slight downgrade on expectations compared to the preseason over under because of the extra game and winning percentage. So Longhorn, one question for you right now. No, no. Look, I mean, uh, you. I like teams that build right. So this is when when I talk about teams that build right, and I get you know fascinated and wrapped up in their roster building. Well, guess what? Newsflash: Dallas doesn't know what they're doing when it comes to roster building. They do everything. You watch your tongue, sir. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's like they're the hot and cold. They're they're like on off, up down. You know, they're, they're, they'll draft Taco Charlton, who's now out of the league, and then the next year draft, you know, like... Uh, Allegedly. You know, CeeDee Lamb. Or I, don't, I don't know if those years line up, but the point is they'll, they'll either knock it out of the park or they'll fucking fail completely. They'll draft, they'll draft <laughs> um, Vander Esch in the first round in 2018. They'll draft Jalen Smith in the second round in 2016, and because they have both been failures and they already paid one of them, they got to back it up in 2021 and, and spend another first round pick on a linebacker. This is maddening for people who know how to roster build. You cannot. 
put that kind of asset and draft capital into a fucking position like that that kind of doesn't matter for the most part. Like, you have your difference-making linebackers. There's like a handful of them in the league. Other than that, they're just a bunch of dudes that kind of make tackles. Like, they're again, this team, they don't know what they're doing. They, they have... I'm not, I'm not even talking about Dak. Like, Dak is like the end of this. They have aging players all over the place who they're crossing their fingers that hold on and can make it through a season. They have young players at other positions who are either unproven or not good at all, like in the secondary. So, uh, where's the pass rush? You got Randy Gregory and um, Demarcus Lawrence. That's your pass rush? You, you, you're hoping on that? You're praying on that? Okay, good luck. Now let's get to the offense. Clearly, the weapons are elite we got that clearly the offensive line on paper for the most part is pretty good but again half of them are aging or oft injured and then let's get to the main part okay i'm sorry you can't you can't have a quarterback that's got these kind of arm injuries and expect me to not have it be some sort of factor going into a season especially some sort of like prediction season like what we're doing right now i have to factor it at the beginning of the season he's going to be hampered whether he plays or not now as the season goes and he he starts starting every week in the second month third month okay i'll i'll say okay he's clearly over it it's not affecting him and he's good to go and then maybe maybe they'll go over that total but i with all the everything i just said i cannot do anything but put them under the mark. And I've actually got them going, I've got them going nine and eight. And honestly, that feels generous. I should probably change that to eight and nine, but I already wrote it down. So I'm going to leave it nine and eight for the Cowboys. Um, And I I just don't like anything about this roster. I don't like anything about the direction. They don't know what they're doing. Hard Knocks is a fucking snooze fest. It's not even worth watching this year. It's terrible. Uh, What do you got over there? (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, you're discounting the linebacker position, and Jalen Smith has led them in tackles the last two years, and obviously their defense has been elite, right? Yeah, I mean, no, with that guy terrible. leading them in tackles? Yeah, he's 18 oh, yards downfield every time. Okay. <clears throat> but we get the swipe, though. I do enjoy the swipe. Oh, uh, I love the So swipe. overall, their defense last year took the heat. Obviously, their defensive coordinator got fired. He was the fall guy. He should never have been hired in the first place, if mm-hmm. we're being honest, but whatever. But they finished 23rd in DVOA, which is obviously bottom third in the league. Not good, but not as bad as widely published. Everybody said, oh, it's the worst defense of all time. No, it fucking wasn't. It wasn't even the worst defense in their own division. So I expect that to tick up, but even if it doesn't, you're getting a five-point upgrade from Dalton to Dak. You can say he's not healthy all the way, maybe knock it down four and a half, four, whatever. That's still about two and a half wins. Which gets you to eight and a half wins right there. They went two and four, and this is really the key factor for me. They went two and four last year in the division. And as long as Dak has two feet and two shoulders, that ain't gonna happen again because Dak is 19 and six in his career straight up versus the NFC East. He owns this fucking division. 76% win percentage. So two wins are coming right there on the flip. They'll be favored in nine games this year at least, maybe 10, depending on how Dak goes and how the season goes. And overall, again, as long as Dak is healthy, he makes the offense better, of course. And 
a better quarterback, and Longhorn, you know I've long held this belief, and I know it's true, a better quarterback play makes your defense better no matter what. So yeah. even if their defense still sucks, they're not going to be as bad last year if Dak can actually play. And that's something a lot of people don't factor in. I don't know why or how they miss it, but whatever. Overall, uh, I've got them going 10-7 and seven and slightly over mm. this 9.5. All right. All right, moving on to those New York G-men. 6-10 last year, an over-under of 7 this year from Vegas. Longhorn, what you got on your boy Dumbface Jr. in the G-men? All right, well, I'm about to piss off a lot of people, but this is this is just the way it goes. <laughs> I, am, I am probably higher on the Giants than most people, but it's with a, it's with a caveat because... Again, I've been saying it the whole month. Like I, I like teams that build inside out. I like the trenches, and I like teams that have a direction and a and a purpose of what they're doing. And this team clearly does. So when you look at the offensive line, um, they spent three draft picks on the offensive line last year and all in 2020, and all three are slated to start this year. Obviously, Andrew Thomas, who they took in the first round, left tackle. Uh, Matt Pert, who they took in the third round last year, right tackle, and Shane Lemieux, who is one of my favorite prospects in, in last year's draft. They got him in the fifth round. They're all three slated to start. So this is how you build a team. Will they all work? Probably not. Will two of them work? They better or they're going to suck. Here's the point. Whether, <laughs> I mean, but it, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, you never know if te- if it's going to work out or not, but you have to throw the darts at the trenches or you're, you got no shot. Now, if Miami did it last year and they all worked out, if it, if they all work out in this scenario, you're looking at a team that's going to overperform because they're going to get the protection, they're going to get the running game going. Saquon Barkley's coming back. They brought in Kenny Galladay from Detroit. This is this is a team. This is an offense that that has some things going. And let's not forget the narrative on Daniel Jones is worse than his actual performance. His P, his PFF grade is 78 and change, which is not horrible. It's not great, but if he gets that if he can tick that up into the mid 80s with and these offensive linemen can progress and show some some um, some maturity, they're going to have something working here on offense. Now, let's look at the defensive side of the ball. They in the trenches. They got Leonard Williams, uh Stud defensive tackle. They brought in big fat Danny Shelton from Detroit. Nose tackle. Dexter Lawrence, first round pick in 2019. They have loaded up on that defensive front. They needed a pass rush. Last year they had uh, Lorenzo Carter, who's who's shown some, some skills as a pass rusher, but they needed someone opposite him. They brought in Aziz Olajari from Georgia, second round pick last year. They're hoping he can fill that pass rushing uh need in the secondary they have thrown darts after darts after dart at the secondary and it's full of talent young talent unproven talent not yet good talent but they've thrown the dart so long story short i think this team is one year away from really having something that that's going to click if it goes bad daniel jones is, is going to be out the door there he's going to be one of those um mitch trubisky type quarterbacks he's uh, Sam Darnold, he's going to be looking for his second opportunity somewhere else. However, because they're building it the right way, and I like what they're doing, I am going to put them at 7-10 and 10 this year. I like what they're doing. I like where they're going. Curious to see what you got. Maybe I'm high. Maybe I'm crazy, but I've got them at 7-10. and 10. 
Well, I thought there for a minute you were going to go off the fucking reservation on me, but you came back to reality there a little bit at the end. So, talk about a pass rush. I mean, last year they were... Uh, yeah, 12th in sacks in the entire league. So, better than average. That's not even a weakness for the team. You talk about Saquon Barkley coming back. They were 11th last year, DVOA in rushing without him. Can he make it better? Mm. Sure. But, I mean, how much better are they going to get? And what does it fucking matter? And one of their top picks on, uh, and you can tell me, I'm not into the player ratings you are, but it seems to me like Will Hernandez has pretty much underperformed so far. He, I don't yeah, know if that been, dude's going to get a second contract. He's been terrible. As of right and, now, he would not. Yeah, and PFF can say what they want to about Daniel Jones, but the bottom line is he's god-awful. He's 28th in EPA plus CPOE. That's one of the worst quarterbacks, obviously, in our ATS power rankings. And they were 19th last year in DVOA overall, which is just below average, but it's almost ready to compete at a playoff level. But their offense was 26th. So how much better are they really going to get? And overall, I can't project Jones to do much better than he has. Maybe he takes that huge third-year leap that we've seen like from a Josh Allen but again even even if I put him at average which would be a humongous leap for this kid because he is literally one of the worst four quarterbacks starting in the NFL even if I put him at average mm-hmm. you're talking about one more win and the fact they went four and two the division last year that immediately goes down to three and three at best if not two and four with Dak coming back because like I said Dak owns the division and especially the fucking Giants so even if you give him the huge jump, that probably all balances out. They're going to land in the 37 win percentage bracket probably historically. That has them going 6-11. and 11. So at the end of the day, we pretty much agree. We just get there from a little bit different angles. They're not going to be a good football team either way. Uh, okay, I don't want to spend too much time on this because like, anyway, we, we slightly disagree on some things. But I will say, like, who, who was Daniel Jones playing with last year? If I if I admit, obviously I can't even but the, argue. It but at that's all. the reason why that's the reason why I always reference EPA plus CPOE because that gets graded over expectation. In other words, they take that all that gets taken into account, which PFF say they do, but they don't. It's just a bunch of fucking dudes watching film. And I'm not discouraging PFF; they're really good at what they do too. But it's not as accurate as the at these advanced analytics are. So yeah, okay. he wouldn't play sure. with it, but he's still rated 28. Okay, fair enough. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens this year. I I think that Daniel Jones has a chance to be uh, one of those Tannehill like like the narrative on Tannehill was he sucks he sucks he was in you know in Miami just just playing terrible with a bunch of trash as a team you know now he's around a team that's got some talent around him builds with a running game power running game play action passes I maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm crazy I think there's, you're going to see a jump up from Daniel Jones this year we'll see. I mean, I I agree with you. I think he's got the talent to do it, just like we thought Darnold had the talent to do it, and we'll see what he does in Carolina this year. But, I mean, again, when you consistently perform this badly, and I don't, I'd have to go back and look at Tannehill's numbers before I say he didn't perform that badly. I can't say that with any confidence. I don't know. Right. I know he's he's he went from obviously a below-average quarterback to literally one of the best 10 quarterbacks in the NFL over the last two years, and that's not even fucking debatable. People people don't want to say it because his name is Ryan Tannehill, but it's not mm-hmm. even fucking debatable. So Yeah, but you remember the narrative on him. Is it possible? Was, yes, of course. Was, the narrative on him is he was terrible. Like, he just sucks, he's worthless, can't do anything right. And, you know. Well, he was obviously below way. average. He, he, he was obviously yeah, he below probably, average. There's no doubt about was. that. I don't know how bad he was, but he was not even an average quarterback. And now, like I said, 
He's top 10 every year in fucking everything. But that's with a change of scenery, so we'll see. Can't wait. All right, we're moving on to those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. 4-11-1 last year. An over-under of 6.5 this year, which is actually a huge downgrade from 2020, where it was (laughs) 9.5. So Vegas is expecting three less wins with one more game. Longhorn, I can speak for everyone when I say fuck the Eagles. Yeah, I actually... Actually, when you said Philly, I had to like scroll in my notes and make sure I even did a write up on them. They're so they're they're so <laughs> they're so irrelevant. I forgot that I even did a write up. I was like, oh fuck, did I forget to do it on Philly? I forgot they were even in this division. They are a complete fucking disaster. They have no direction. You know, we all know the quarterback situation is what it is. They have an aging roster in some spots and young and unproven or bad in others. This is this is a complete rebuild, and I don't even like the way they started rebuild. So so it's you know that's my bias. You know I would do things different, but when I'm looking at it, I don't like the way they started the rebuild, and I don't like the players they have in house. Um, I've got a big the, to me this points that they're they're aiming for for Watson next year or at some point this year. Who knows? In some sort of trade. The ironic thing is. Is that if they do land Watson, he's going to go from one of the worst rosters in the NFL right over to one of the other worst rosters in the NFL. Um, I don't even really want to touch on any of these draft picks um, or free agency. There, a bunch of them are players that are irrelevant or I just don't like. You know what, Landon Dickerson, Landon Dickerson, even though he's already on the uh, injured list <laughs> from the uh, the guard center out of. <laughs> The, the guard center out of Alabama, who who I liked, kind of like that player. He's already on the injured list. Uh, he's had like 18,000 knee injuries in his career at Alabama. There's one. There's one that I like that's already injured. So take that for what it's worth. Um, I have them, yeah, 4 and 13. 4 and 13 and solidly into that probably second pick overall in the NFL draft next year. So fly, Eagles, fly. Yep. Actually, I said the Jets for my shortest write-up. Actually, this is. My write-up is this. <laughs> yeah, this team sucks. They're going 4-13. and Fuck the oh, Eagles. Yeah. All right. I love that. All right. Moving on to the Washington football people. Yeah. Last year, they were 7-9 and and division champions winning the worst division of all fucking time. They're over under this year's 8.5, which is actually a huge, huge upgrade from 5.5 Entering 2020, Longhorn, can Fitz Magic repeat the division win for the Washington football people? Um, yes, he can win the division for those skins of red, and he's going to. I I'm so glad Woo! to just say I'm so glad we went alphabetical order and they, they fell at the end because I want to finish on a team that I love talking about, and I love talking about these skins of red. You talk about doing things the right way way obviously when you look at their defensive line let's just start there first round first round first round first round across the board first round draft picks backed up by by jamming jamaican davis who they drafted in the first round as middle linebacker out of kentucky that dude by default it's not that i think he's the best linebacker in this draft by default he's going to put up these best numbers 
uh, of all the rookie linebackers and have a good shot to win that defensive rookie of the year simply because of who he's playing behind. They brought in William Jackson from Cincinnati free agent. Um, you know, they still have obviously in-house Landon Collins. They brought in Kendall Fuller from, from Kansas City. They drafted a guy, Benjamin St. Juice, who I loved. He's a third-round pick in the draft. He's like a 6'3", 6'4", cornerback. Just inc- incredible length and, uh, and skill. What's There's nothing to not like what they're doing. And they have a defensive coach, by the way, who knows how to play these players up. Now, on the, at the skill positions, which is always the narrative that they, they have a terrible skill positions, not so fast, my friend. Logan Thomas came out the end of la- at the end of last year in the second half of the season, had like six touchdowns in the back half of the season. Uh, he's, he's aging, so he's not a long-term player. But as of right now, he's a, he's a solid tight end. What they do with the receiver position, obviously they had Scary Terry by himself last year. Well, they brought in Adam Humphreys, slot receiver from Tennessee, who's one of Fitzpatrick's favorite. They brought in Curtis Samuel, wide receiver from Carolina, to fill that other role. They drafted Diami Brown from North Carolina in the third round. Uh, so, again, I love when teams build rosters the right way, identify their needs, and attack it in the free agency in the draft. Offensive line isn't great, and it probably is the weakest link, but it's not terrible. You know, they got an all-pro in Brandon Scherf. They drafted Sam Cosme out of Texas in the second round this year. Uh, he's going to fill that right tackle spot. And, other, and they brought in Charles Leno to play left, tack, left tackle from, from the Bears, and they're okay in the middle. Like, this, it's, it's not, it's not going to be a down. It's not going to cause them to, to do what they want to do this year. I love what this team is doing. I have them going actually 10 and 7, Bocevas, and I feel a little cheap putting them there. I, you know, I feel like they could easily win 11. However, it is Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. So I don't want to go too crazy because he, you know, the narrative is that he can go off the rails in the past. I think that you've told me the last couple of years he's been really, really solid with the uh, some of the analytics. So I'll let you get into that. But I have them going 10 and 7 and, and atop of that division. What do you got? Yeah, well, I mean, you've been described as cheap on many occasions. So, um, both, you know, in the bedroom and at the fucking dinner table when the bill comes, but whatever. I like uh, it cheap. The upgrade for me here on the football team is pretty simple. It's Fitzpatrick. Last year, he was rated about a point above average on our quarterback power rankings, but his EPA plus CPOA was even better than that. Like I said, he was seventh overall. Ooh. If you get down to the 300 snaps, so we might have had him a little bit underrated. Now, when you compare that to Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins, there's simply no comparison. If you take the plays per season down to 200, last year Smith was the 33rd EPA plus CPOA, and Haskins was the 38th. And oh, by the way, at 200 snaps, there are only 38 registered fucking quarterbacks, which means that the football people collectively had the second, if you can believe that, second worst combo in the NFL, just ahead of Wentz and Hurts, who finished 37th and 35th, respectively. Mm. So, Fitz, based on last year's number, is a five-point upgrade from Alex Smith. That is two and a half wins. That puts him at nine and a half. Now, Dak being back at whatever capacity is going to keep them from sweeping them like they did last year, but I don't think that they lose to the Giants twice again like they did last year. So, the division record of four and two... Should come out to about the same. 
I don't think it's possible not to upgrade the football team. However, Fitz has not looked good this preseason. And I don't care about stats and scoring and all that bullshit. I only watch quarterbacks in the preseason see how they are seeing the field and throwing the ball, and his arm just doesn't look like it has in previous years. Maybe he's got a case of the dead arm. Maybe he's still working it out. I don't know, but I can't give them the full upgrade watching him throw the football the way he does like the numbers say. However, I do feel that they land in the 53% win percentage bracket historically, and I think they go 9-8. and eight. And by the way, quick note to all you fucking morons in Pittsburgh that I see all over social media who thinks Haskins is their next heir apparent. Mm. This should show you how irrelevant the preseason really is. He finished 38th of 38th in EPA plus CPOE last year as a starter. You know how many franchise quarterbacks have ever done that? Fucking zero, none, ever, 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 ever. The kid can't fucking play. He's proven it, and you're all fucking retarded. I'll just Go tell Ohio you that. Ohio State. Love those Ohio State quarterbacks. They always work out. Always. All right. NFC so. East recap. Mm-hmm. Dallas, I've got winning the division at 10-7. and seven. The Washington football people at 9-8. and eight. Those lowly G-men at 6-11. and 11. And the fucking Eagles, it puts a big smile on my face to say they're going four and thirteen, and they fucking suck. What'd you What'd you have the Giants at? I'm sorry. Six and eleven. Six and eleven. All right, got it. I have actually the Skins of Red winning this division at ten and seven. The Cows right behind them at nine and eight, and that feels generous. Um, the Giants, the G-Men, going seven and ten, looking ahead to next year, and of course. Those Philly disgusting Eagles going four and thirteen and trying to land Watson so they can go four thirteen again next year. Well, I hope that you're right and I'm wrong because I've got a ticket on the Washington Football People to win the division that I put it I think on March twelfth at plus four hundred. I believe we looked at the numbers right before the podcast. They're down to plus one sixty now to win that division. So yeah. to say that I got closing line value on that <laughs> is quite the fucking understatement. Closing so line value. I do hope that you're right on that one. <laughs> do what? Closing line value. That's right. And I hope that you're right and I'm wrong because I want all the money, baby. And that was all. Them wins coming to the air tonight, baby. All right, Longhorn, we broke them all down, all eight. We've given out best bets each week. No different this week. I'll start with my best bet in the AFC East. It is those New York J-E-T-S under the six. They had the 21st ranked DVOA defense and the 31st ranked DVOA offense. They'll only be favored in four games all season, and they are one of the worst teams in our power rankings. I do expect to make some money on them throughout the season, however, where they get under and overvalued a little bit, but... Easy win for me here on under six and the Jets. Yeah, that feels like just 
Stealing money to me. What a great fucking bet that is. I am actually taking a little bit more of a risky bet, although it is it is got the juice to the to the over where where I'm leaning. I am taking New England over the nine and a half wins, putting a lot of faith in that mac and cheese like, like I've done my entire life. Always I've always put way too much faith in mac and cheese and made it an entire <laughs> an entire dinner, which it should not be. But I'm gonna do it again. New England over nine and a half wins. Well, if you put some uh, fucking hot dogs in that shit and cut it up, that is fucking dinner, baby, where I come from. I'll tell you that right now. Straight out of the fucking white trashville, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my best bet is from the NFC East. You talk about stealing money. This is fucking stealing money. What? Philly under six and a half Hmm. wins. The Eagles have went under their season total. For the last three straight years, they are living on reputation alone, and now some slot hope that Hurts might be a real quarterback. Reminder that Hurts finished behind Alex Smith last year in EPA plus CPOE, which even if he makes it a jump to an average backup quarterback, that would be a huge jump for him, and that gives them five and a half wins if he was an average backup. And per our power rankings, that's exactly where they finish. However, with that coming back, they're not going to beat Dallas, not even once, which means their 2-4 and four in the division last year safely lands at 1-5. and five. And the look-ahead lines, they're only favored in two games all season. This is going to be one of the worst teams of football, mm-hmm. and they will be battling for that top overall pick come December. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we want to hit the sounder on that, but that let's make that the best bet of the preseason. <laughs> like, Jesus, Philly under is the best bet of the entire preseason. I love that a lot. Um, I am going to go against all of our Cowboy fans, if there are any left. I am taking the under, under nine and a half wins for the Dallas Cowboys. You can get that at plus 105. So I'm getting plus money on a team that has a terrible defense and a quarterback that... You're crossing your fucking fingers that he can play the whole year. And by the way, even if he does play the whole year, you might, you might get over that nine and a half. You might not. So yeah, easy, easy under pick for me. Plus money, 105. Dallas under the nine and a half. Sorry, Dallas fans. It's going to be another rough one. Yeah, well, uh, you can email him, uh, longhorn at... Uh, thefootballglorhill.com and tell him how much you fucking hate his guts. But just a reminder, he can win his bet and he can still win the division at 9-8 and because there's a good chance that Fitzpatrick could go fucking Fitzpatrick and they can win it at 9-8. and I mean, Jesus Christ, the football team won it last year at 7-9, and so this division fucking blows. So you both might win, you both might win, and that's how we do. We like everybody to win. And Longhorn, tell them about that website where everybody always fucking wins, baby. Yeah, I will tell them about my website, but I've actually changed my email to at bocephus at fgh.com. So just, 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 that's that's where you can that's where you can email. <laughs> that's where you can find me. All right, you glory hole seekers, that's gonna wrap up another award winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the sports patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe to. 
to both of our channels and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias and don't forget to subscribe to The Degenerate with RJ Choppy. And of course, this fall and more importantly in two weeks, you can find us on the one, the only DallasCowboys.com. We are kind of a big deal. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both see us as always in a mostly, for me, non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking shit tons of beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby.